Welcome everybody to the In Off The Bench Podcast. My name is Jim Cross. Daniel Ball has the night off, but we have a special episode for you titled The Tiger's Den. We're going to be joined by three LSU baseball players' dads, three guys who are dads of guests who've been on the show. We're going to have Chris Smith, Rodney Beloso, and George Cruz, who are the dads of Alex Brady, Cade Beloso, and Dylan Cruz. We're going to get a different perspective tonight. Instead of getting the player stories, we're going to get the stories of the dad. We're going to talk about the experience of what it's like to be fathers of players who play in the SEC and just what it's like to be a part of that fraternity and family of LSU. So without further ado, welcome on Chris Smith, Rodney Veloso, and George Cruz. Hey, fellas, welcome to the show. We're giving everybody a little different perspective. Instead of talking to the athlete, we're going to talk to the to the dads, get get their side of things. But, you know, we want to let the audience know who each of y'all are. So we're going to start with you, Chris. You know, where is it you live and what is it you do for a living? Uh, I live in Longview, Washington. We're sandwiched in between uh, Portland, Oregon and Seattle, Washington, Pacific Northwest. Uh, so I it's live- cold as shit right now. It's actually, we're in the 60s right now, so it's pretty what? warm for us. Yeah, we're having a little little heat wave here, I guess you call it. And, uh, uh, rain's been pretty pretty minimal so far this year. So, but it yeah, wasn't it's even really 60 cold. when I was in Baton Rouge, bro. That's not even fair. Yeah, no, it's been super nice. Like, uh, we just got some uh, snow right before Christmas, but it's been relatively dry here, so. Well, rel- relative to what it might be like outside, I know – I want to talk to you about what you do indoors. I see the uh, I see the weightlifting videos. I see you absolutely squatting all the way to the world. I want to know how did you get into powerlifting? Um, I guess it started. I was uh, a robust two hundred seventy pounds about three years ago after I'd quit drinking, and uh, I kind of had this epiphany. You know, a like I had to get my shit together. Sorry, my stuff together uh, health wise, and then um, one of the other issues I had um when I was coaching was that one of the kids had told me um he was kind of getting bummed out on his dad always kind of harping on him about you need to do this you need to hit the weights you need to lift you need to do that and his dad wasn't doing any of that stuff and I I kind of looked and said man I'm kind of doing that same stuff you know I'm telling the kid to work hard and, and bust his ass but at the same time I'm sitting on the couch watching tv I'm not doing the stuff that you know, he's seen me not do. So um, I started kind of lifting, hoping to kind of get him a little more motivated into it. And, uh, you know, we actually got lucky and had a conversation with Jason Schmidt, who pitched for the Pirates, the Braves and uh, the Giants. And, you know, the first thing out of Jason's mouth was you need to lift. And of course, once Jason said that to him, he started hitting the gym with me. So, um, but then it just kind of festered, you know, I'm kind of a all in type person with my mentality, the addiction, I guess, comes into it a little bit. So, um, I, I don't know about you. Me. For me, it's a it's a mental health thing too, man. Getting in there, yeah. you you let all the demons out. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's pretty cliche, I guess, in some sense. But like, you know, it's it's the one place I can shut everything else off for a couple hours, and and I don't have to think, I don't have to do anything, and and uh, kind of just go into my own little world for a couple minutes and and talk to myself, and so it's festered, and you know, I, I enjoy doing it. And at forty six, you know, I'm not anywhere near you know the strongest guy in the gym but at the same time I'm, I'm holding my own and I'm enjoying it so yeah no doubt I've seen you seen you killing it I'll tell you what it make you laugh uh 
my daughter, she goes in there and kills it with me. Well, she got this new boyfriend. She's 15 years old, and, you know, she she's a star athlete. Well, she wanted to know if her boyfriend could start coming to the gym with us. And I said, hell no. I said, mm-hmm. we go in there to focus. And she goes, but you can teach him some stuff. I said, he ain't my kid. He ain't my job. I said, me, me and you go in there to work. I said, he's a distraction. No, he can't come. And so yeah. she thinks I'm a bad dad at the moment for that, <laughs> but we ain't having it. We got work to right. do. But, uh, you know, moving to you, Rodney, you know, where is it you live and what is it you do for a living? Yeah, so I live in a little town called St. Bernard, a little bit south of New Orleans, about 15 miles, I guess. And uh, I actually own a company called Hot Rods Creole, where we sell seasoning sauces and mixes uh, to grocery stores and restaurants and things. And you can see George out there pointing out the hat. And uh, I got the shirt on right here. This is kind of our logo. There you go. Right? And uh, this is after a you know, tenure of 31 years with a corporate company. I uh, started off when I was a young guy and uh, I retired. So I retired to go back to work and have fun uh, instead of chasing that corporate uh, corporate it's ladder, tough. you know. So there you go right there. That's, yeah. and, but they say know, it's not work if it's fun, right? If, if you're having fun, it's and, not work, is it? And, and I'm having a blast. And look, Chris put up one of our best-selling products right there, that garlic butter. It's crazy good. You want to put that shit on everything. I mean, I know that's somebody else's slogan, but it's so true. All of our garlic butter products go really nice. George like eats up biscuits like about a dozen garlic (laughs) butter biscuits and the garlic butter fish fry and jambalaya and gumbo. And it's all of the stuff that we cook around for tailgating. So, you know, you need to come and uh, join us for tailgating when you get in because we throw down like you would not believe and this is at a baseball game right so we yeah. have a blast absolutely well you know i know you got to wonder how do i become an lsu and a saints fan my dad is from alexandria he is the cajun he makes everything too damn hot my whole life growing up i spent way too much time hitting the bathroom because <laughs> my i said pops chill out he don't know how to everything everything's hot so i've i've learned to grow and i can pretty much take on anything but man growing up there were some harsh times and he had no mercy when he was putting stuff together. Yeah. You know, so our products, I mean, hot rod is a nickname that I had because, you know, when I was in high school, I had a badass truck and used to race a little bit and do some crazy stuff, but uh, it kind of stuck with me through the years, whether it was coaching or just, you know, being in business and it kind of the name stuck hot rods. And then we added Creole because of, uh, you know, it's Cajun type food that we're dealing with and that's our roots. So it kind of stuck with it. So a lot of people think, oh, hot rods, it's going to be hot food. But, man, we look, we, we subtract the hot out of it and we just build flavors, right? So that's our whole thing. It's a new way to Creole, and that's just kind of our motto, right? So, so is it that good food that you cooked, that, the reason why Kay's so well-built? Because he talks about how these little, these little boys are not built very well. Is that, is that why he's, he's got some stoutness to him? Uh, it runs it's in the genes let me just tell you <laughs> he eats well the boy does not skip meals uh and actually you know he eats right i mean he, he tries to do it the right way because uh he has always been i say this when he got older he's always been a big guy uh you know wide shoulders and legs and you know the hips and everything that go along with it but uh yeah, it's part of it. it the, the upbringing of the food that we eat down in South Louisiana is just, you know, it's it's probably not the best food, right? It's a lot of rice. <laughs> it's a lot of carbs. Uh, we eat the proteins, too, but you know how it goes. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't go down there without gaining a bunch of weight, but I look forward to to going down there and, and putting it on with you. I'll just have to hit the gym with Chris and work it back off. So 
we'll we'll be good to go. But George, man, yeah, Chris likes to pound. Chris likes to pound those, <laughs> those curls too. Those twelve ounce, fourteen ounce curls. Okay? There you yeah, go. Not me, brother. <laughs> All right, George, talk to me, man. Where are you from? Where yeah, do you we, do? We pick up. We pick. <laughs> we pick up Chris's slack on the drinking side. Um, I'm in the printing. I'm in the printing business. Um, commercial printing. Um, I've been in commercial printing about 33 years. Um, started out uh, working for someone and realized that that uh, didn't like making them all the money and, and decided to kind of do my own thing and uh, bought some equipment and had some. Uh, you know, we had a shop here in Orlando. Uh, sold it about. 15 years ago and uh, kept my core of, of clients that, I, that I've had for, you know, 20, 25 years and, and kind of built that into, you know, what it is now. And, and we just opened up a packaging and fulfillment company in Kansas City about two years ago. Um, you know, handle a lot of the, the large national retailers. I do all the hot rods printing for him. Yes, and, sir. Uh, you know, we, we just uh, we just take it day by day, man. It's trying to do what we can do. Living the life in Orlando, you down there by Disney World. Do you ever go we to Disney World? Like, we are we are on the complete opposite side of where Disney is. Disney's, oh, Disney's about an hour from our house. Oh, but you know, I heard you drive actually, a, I heard you drive a Lambo, so you could be there in about five minutes. Well, I mean, you know, we 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 could do that, but uh, you know, we 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 choose not to do that. Now I don't I don't like going out to Disney, man. That's 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 too crazy for me. I hear you. Well, I got I got young kids, so I got to. No, you got to do that. We're about actually about 25, 30 minutes south of uh, Daytona Beach. We're on the north side of Orlando. It's just a little town called Lake Mary, uh, Longwood, Lake Mary area. That's uh, just on the north side of Orlando. I got you. And so, you know, since we were talking about cars, you know, you said you were a car guy. I got to know, what's your absolute favorite car that there is, whether you've owned it or whether it's something that you've wanted or dreamed of? What is it? Oh, man. I actually, you know, have been on a been on a little uh a little binge here in the last two years. Um, I've got a, I've got a 2018 uh, Lamborghini Huracan Performante that uh, I barely fit in. <laughs> and then uh, we've got, I bought a 63 split window Corvette that I actually, I love that thing. That's, that's a bad boy. It's a resto mod. It's got uh, LS3 engine in it. It's got uh, close to 500 horsepower. It's, it's, a, it, or five, uh, Close to six hundred horses. It's a bad boy. Now, uh, and then I just, do, I just do you let the, do you let these guys drive your vehicles, or are you are you selfish? Man, if they come on, if they if they can fit in them, they can drive them. <laughs> I don't think either one of them are gonna fit in the fit in the Lambo. Actually, the new one I just bought, they might fit in that because I, I fit in that thing pretty good. I got a 2019 Aventador that uh, that's that's pretty sweet. Rodney, would you give it a shot if he if he told you you could drive it? Would you try to find your way in there? Hey, I feel the need for speed, baby. I'm all about that. <laughs> Chris, I can already tell your game. I know you'll do it. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I right. go fast. All right, so let's get into some baseball, guys. Let's talk about. It. I'm gonna start with you, Rodney. You know, you got your son's been the longest tenured player there. You know, let's talk about the transition, man. You got Paul Nair, Paul Maneri, a legend. You know, retires last year. You transitioned to Jay Johnson. You know, what's, what's the feeling around Baton Rouge when you lose a legend like that and you got new blood coming in? Well, you know what? There's a, to answer this question, and I can elaborate, right? But listen, there's a huge excitement, a big excitement right now about Jay coming in town. Everybody really didn't see Jay on the map, you know, coming in as a coach once Paul announced his retirement. 
But then once people got to know who Jay is and what he's about, they already, I'm, I'm telling you, this opening weekend, next weekend, well, two weekends from now, is probably going to have, I, the, the roof's going to blow off the building. It's going to be wild in Alex Box. And um, so the way his press conferences and the way he's handling the kids and or, or the young men, uh, it's just a different, whole, totally different. It's night and day, right? And it's not that it's, it's still baseball, right? Because, you know, the X's and O's of baseball is one thing, but the way he's handling situations, the way he's handling the media, you know, it's exciting for him too, because in Arizona, he didn't have this many people following him and doing, you know, because there's like 70 plus reporters that follow LSU baseball, right? And then the town wraps around the baseball team. So it's it's going to be wild. There's a huge excitement, big excitement. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, preseason rankings don't necessarily mean anything, but you know, clearly based upon what most of the country and the national writers think, they all got LSU up there and they're they're expecting Omaha and nothing less. And so they expect Jay to lead this team to big things. So uh, obviously oh, look forward to it. Um, you know, Chris, I want to talk to you. Pitching is a big conversation coming into the year, as it always is. You know, a lot of guys competing for a lot of spots, you know, your son being one of them in the mix. But you know, talk to us about what we should expect as far as, uh, you know, who you think might be the starters and, you know, who will be the key guys out of the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't really say enough about Mikhail Hilliard. I mean, there, he's he's already established himself as who he is and what he's going to do for us. Uh, you know, Fontenot will be interesting to see if he can uh, sustain it over, you know, six, seven innings uh, week in, week out. I have no doubt that he can. Um Razzleman, uh, Gervais, those guys should be in the mix somewhere. I mean, I, I, you know, Johnson's already established that he's not going to be afraid to throw five or six guys in a game, and he's going to have the luxury of doing that because they're so deep. And, you know, losing A.J., losing uh, Landon last year, and, of course, Jaden early on the season, uh, you know, it hurt us at, at the beginning of the year last year. But, uh, you know, the Helmers, the Edwards, uh, Javen Cole is going to be a guy this year. Uh, if he's not starting – you know, maybe Sundays, he's going to be starting midweeks. He's got to. I mean, he's he established what he did in regionals uh, as a dude. Uh, he can handle the pressure, and he he is full of piss and vinegar, man. So, uh, Ty Floyd, this Riley Cooper kid. Uh, <laughs> once, the, once the world gets a, a hold of this guy, man, like, he he's an enigma. Like, he, he's incredible. So, uh, to see his presence. Doesn't he remind you of Kenny Powers? Doesn't yeah. he remind you of the Kenny picture Powers you sent me, did. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, dude. I mean, my last trip down there. Awesome. My <laughs> last trip down there, Alex is like, oh, you got to meet this this Riley Cooper kid. And as he's walking in the box, hair's flowing, beard's flowing, and he's wearing a Metallica Kill Em All t-shirt. And I'm like, I'm in love. I love him. Love him. Love him. Love him. Good luck, sick. So I'm down there last weekend, Chris. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Alex. He seemed like the the pitching coach. He was running the bullpen. What's going on? Well, that's uh, that's kind of the other news of, uh, of the season is, uh, you know, some things have changed and and that's going to be his role this year. It looks like and and uh, he's embraced it, and you know he's their first teammates and we'll see what happens at the end of the year. But uh, as of right now, yeah, he. Uh, He's kind of helping JK out this year with some scouting, um, looking over video stuff, and and we'll have a lot more news on that, I guess, after the end of the season. But right now, his primary focus is helping this ball team, and 
Um, well, I mean, absolutely. When, when I saw him, I mean, he was in great spirits. He was loving what he's doing. And I mean, you know, we had him on and I talked to him all the time. I mean, he loves baseball. And so the, the whole thing is he's getting to be at a place he loves, you know, doing a part of what he loves. And maybe it's not necessarily exactly where he wants, wants to be right now, but nonetheless, he, he's getting to do something um, in the area in which he loves. So, um, you know, wish the best for him yeah. you know, going forward. But I, I did see him and he was in good spirits. It was, it was kind of funny. He walked over to me and uh, I never did get his autograph because somebody's son, <clears throat> Kate Beloso, uh, didn't give him the ball I sent him to get autographed. And so Alex stopped over there to sign it. And uh, then all the kids tried to bombard him afterward. And he was like, sorry, I can't do it. So yeah. he, did me, he did me a solid. Yeah. Of course, he did me a solid. At, uh, I don't know if he told you this story. That old Miss game where it was nine to one that I know y'all don't like to talk about. He's, co- he's coming by. He's coming by. And, he, and it's the first time I'm going to meet him. And they're being yelled to come, to come in the dugout ASAP. Nobody stop and do anything. Get your stuff and come in. He's the last one coming in. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to say what's up to him. He stops and says hello, takes a picture with me and everything. And he's getting yelled at by a teammate. And he literally looks at his teammate because uh, I didn't know who the guy was. And he said, man, we're toast anyway. So I might as well go ahead and say what's up before we get yelled at. And so, I mean, he probably wasn't wrong. It was going to be bad anyway. So might as well say hello to somebody and, uh, and get a – a picture real quick but that that game we'll we'll leave that off the rest of the episode but nonetheless uh such a good kid man i love him uh george man got your son i mean i don't know what it's like for you you with the expectations if you know i don't know if you read it if you if you pay attention to what all said and what's expected around the country um you know he's going to be in a star-studded lineup and him and Jacob Berry are considered the best one-two punch coming into the uh, season in the country. You know, what are your thoughts? Uh, how do you handle the expectations as a dad when, you know, your son is everywhere? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, he's been on the radar for a number of years. Um, we don't really look at the accolades or the expectations or anything like that. That comes with preparedness. That comes with hard work. And when you get into situations that, game time situations, you know, you, you, that's what you work for. You know what I mean? That's, that's what you put in all of this hard work, this extra hours of hitting and fielding and running and lifting and doing all this stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a joy for him to see him, you know, um, play at the high level that he played with last year, but that's, that's last year. Now we got this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got, you talk about our team, I'm, we're going to be one to 35 deep and we're going to be one to 35 strong. And we've got probably without a doubt in my mind, and I know these other guys mind, we got a strong, strong offense and pitching the way these guys are pitching the, the offense that we have right now. And in the fall, these guys are going to surprise a lot of folks, man. I'm telling you, we're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to be really, yeah. really good. Yeah, it's kind of funny today, being eight days away, you know, they're playing the Gavin Dugas video. And, you know, it's almost – dude, that dude's so awesome, but he kind of gets lost because they're, they're talking about Dylan and they're talking about Jacob Berry. And then you forget that, you know, Dugas is right there and Trey Morgan right there. Like you said, the offense, I mean, you just go down the hey, whole Kay Doty, I mean, all, all, all the way down, Jordan Thompson, Will, you know, Will – I mean, it, it's – I'm telling you, man, if this team is is deep and they are very, very talented. I mean, we've got some freshmen that came in, uh, you know, the freshmen that came in this year, Luke Leto, um, 
uh, Josh Pearson, you know, those guys, Stevenson, those guys are very, very good ball players. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's going to be, not I don't want to say Omaha bus, but they're, they're going to do very well this year. And, well, and with, Jay, with what Jay's doing with these guys, I, I'll back up what Rodney said. I mean, it is unbelievable just from watching the practices that we've been to and the scrimmages that we've been to. It's, it's, that, that, that dude is nothing but baseball. He's a gym rat, he's a baseball rat. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, you talk about that depth. Um, I mean, when you look at Mississippi State last year, who won it all, um, that was one of the keys, whether you were talking about in the, in the lineup or whether you're talking about pitching, it was, it was the depth they had. And when you, like you said, when you said one to 35, uh, that matters. You, you know, you could show me that you have the best 10 guys in the country, maybe so to speak, but if you don't have depth, it's not going to matter, especially, you know, going through a season and you go through the war of attrition and injuries and guys have slumps and everything. So when you talk about that depth, I think that's going to be a, a crucial thing for LSU. The fact that, like you said, they got so many guys that they can go to. Um, you know, Rodney, staying on that same matter, you know, we talk about guys coming in. Uh, one of the cool things was talking to Cade, you know, the emergence of Trey Morgan last year didn't phase him at all. He was, you know, excited to have him as a teammate. Um, you know, he was going to be taking first base. Cade was going to be moving out to right field and then doing DH. Um, you know, how proud are you of your son of embracing whatever role is given to him and not being, you know, uh, disappointed, you know, with a guy like Trey coming in and taking first base? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, he's known Trey for a long time, right? So they they were in the same district in high school, so they played against each other, you know, a couple times and during the season and once during the playoffs and so forth. So he knew Trey. Trey's a special athlete, uh, has a lot of range, can do some really great things around the, around the bag and with the bat. He swings the bat very well. Um, so when you have talent like that, you have to embrace the situation, right? Listen, man, in college baseball, especially at LSU, you're getting everybody's best players coming in. So you have to respect that. And you have to know that, hey, there's guys out there that are working three years and four years before you and after you to get there, right? So, you know, he learned a lot of that from, you know, we, we talk about that a lot, but also guys like when he was a freshman, you know, they had guys around like Zach Watson and Josh Smith and Antoine Duplantis that did the same thing to Cade, right? They took him under their wing and said, hey, this is, this is the brand of LSU baseball that we play for, right? So you have to have that mentality that this is about the program. This is not about the name on the back or the number that I'm wearing. It's about the program. So if there's anything he can do to help out, you know, whether it's in the dugout, in the locker room, you know, there's a lot of love in that in that field, especially around baseball players. Everybody knows that. But this is a special group, and he's trying to be a leader amongst the group, whether it's, like I said, he's in the locker room, they're taking BP, they're on the field, or, you know, he'll be the first one out the dugout when Gavin Dugas or, or Dylan Cruz or whoever hits a home run and they score a run, the excitement and the passion behind it, it it's, it's all goes in intertwined about being a good teammate first. And then, you know, whatever else happens on the field, right? Yeah, you can just see it from following LSU social media. I mean, he's always – Kay's always in the middle of the pictures, and he's always leading the group. So, you could tell he's a leader of that team. And, um, you know, that's what you would expect. When you have a, a guy with seniority like that, that, that is his job. You know, some guys don't want to embrace that role. He clearly embraces it. He clearly loves it. And uh, I think it just speaks volumes to his character. And it speaks volumes to you, know, because obviously, you know, Guys don't just become that way. They get raised that way. And so you did a good job yeah. raising them to, to be a good teammate. Well, 
Listen, it takes a village, man, especially, you know, the one thing we tried to do as parents is put him around the best situations with baseball people because that's what he wanted to do. And there's a list of people that I can talk to you to tell you about, about character and, and, and you know, the integrity of the game itself uh, and being a good teammate, right? So, like I mentioned, it's passing down these traditions, just like the number eight. You mentioned Gavin and the number eight days to the season. It, it's that mentality, right? Every year we have, you know, Dylan Cruz comes in as a freshman. He's, he's the best player in the conference in the world, right? But he needs to understand what it is to be a Tiger. Right. So you could see I, I can see it from last year to this year. And I'm sure George would attest to that. You could see these guys opening up and it blossom about, hey, this is what it takes to be a Tiger, even though they have, I mean, there's so much talent. It's crazy. I mean, I get goosebumps, man, watching these kids play because of the level of talent they have. And what then on top of that, they're better people, man. They even though they're great baseball players, they humble kids. They work their butt off. And then on top of that, they go to class. You know, right. so they have to pass in the class first. So, I mean, they, they have two full-time jobs and they do a great job at both of them, you know? Yeah, the, the, the character that you're talking about and being humble, that's what's amazed me. And, you know, um, Dylan and me talked about it on his episode, you know, talking about the Team USA guys because we've had a lot of them on. And every one of them come on and you would expect maybe some kind of ego, some kind of arrogance, and, and none of them are. Like, it's, it's really wild. And I feel like baseball is unique to that because when we do other sports, that's not necessarily the case. But it almost feels like these baseball guys get it, man. Like, you know, you can be on top one minute and not the next. So don't get, you know, don't get too ahead of yourself. Uh, it's a constant oh, yeah. grind. And so, uh, yeah, uh, I love that these guys, that they're, they're very humble, that they understand that they got a job to do. And there's always room for improvement. So definitely love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, man, you know, we, we talked about your son and we talk about the pitching and the bullpen. I got to ask, as, as a dad of a reliever, man, and, and you can speak to the other dads that you know, what is it like when you see your son or someone else's son come in in a high-pressure situation? Like, I can only imagine, you know, you see guys come in, bases loaded, two outs, and, you know, in a holding a one-run lead. You know, what is that situation like as a dad when you watch them come in? Uh, it's a – I mean, it's a roller coaster, really. It's – I mean, it's really no other way to put it. Um you know, I have all the belief in my son um, just because if he's proven himself to me and to everybody else that he belongs where he belongs. Um, you know, last year, you know, he comes in to, uh, behind Devin Fontenot against Youngstown, Youngstown State and uh, and gets a hold and then Dugas walks us off and he gets a win, you know, first win at LSU. Like never in my life would I have imagined that going to happen. Um, and then you cut to uh, our, our series against Vanderbilt, you know, in the afternoon, uh, these guys and I and, and, and a couple other dads are sitting five feet away from Skip Burtman, Al Leiter's there, uh, Enrique Bradfield's parents are there, Carter Young's parents are there, all these former MLB, LSU guys. I mean, it's euphoria. I'm in awe. I'm a baseball guy. I'm just like, this is incredible. Right. And four hours later, my son's replacing Jaden Hill in the first inning or second inning with the bases loaded and Enrique Bradfield up with no outs with six warm-up pitches on ESPN two. <laughs> and uh, it's straight terror as a father, you know, are you, uh, are you like pacing back and forth? Like, how does that, how does that work? Absolutely. I left my wife and my daughter from our seats. I went up to the mezzanine stood by George. Um, 
you know, at the time we were only about 4,000 capacity at the, at the ballpark. Um, I instantly could see what was happening with him. And, you know, back in the Juco days, you know, I can yell from the stands and tell him, Hey man, you got to breathe. You got to slow down your tempo. You got to do this. You got to do that. You know, it's, it's all lost in noise out there, you know? And so it happened and, uh, you know, that's where you, you don't, you drop the baseball dad stuff and you just become a father and, and give him a space and try to, you know, get back at it. But, um, you know, I believe in him. So, you know, it's nerve wracking because of the, the competition where we're at. And, right. and, you know, as a baseball guy, you know, being new to the SEC, like I knew what the SEC was, but when you see it in person, what's going on and like, it's, it's double a baseball. Like there's no other way to put it. This isn't college baseball. It's, it's these are basically professionals. Well, uh, that was the conversation me and Dylan had when he talked about not being drafted. I said, you could easily make a case that playing in the sec is bigger than double a. And he agreed. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt about it. Um, it's, I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming. So uh, as a, as a father though, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of this, as a relief pitcher dad, but, um, it comes with the territory and like, you know, I made three trips down South last year and he didn't step on the field for, uh, you know, four game stretch, you know, and that's the life of a relief pitcher. So, right. um, you just got to be there for him and, you know, enjoy, enjoy the time you get with them. And since, uh, since Kenny didn't make it here with us, what's he like when Devin's on the mound? Is, is he calm and cool or is he just like you? He's all over the place. I mean, Kenny's seen it all with that kid. Right. You know, so I think he's pretty, pretty even killed as it's happening. I mean, he gets excitable, of course, but, you know, Devin's established himself on who he is and what he can do out on the mound. So, um, and, and you know, once Kenny, to- Kenny asked me, cause you talked about him being through it all. Kenny, Kenny messaged me and he goes, why is it you're such a big fan of my son? I'm just curious. And I said, are you kidding me? The same reason most guys, Florida state, that game, I said, I said, I have never seen, a, and, it, and it came in a loss. I said, it was the most electrifying, electrifying performance I had seen to date and I said, the fire and passion that your son pitched with, I was like, how could I not be a fan? Yeah. It's yeah. Funny, that, it, funny that Chris said uh, even keeled with Kenny. That was, that was pretty funny. All right, man. Yeah, I, I thought yeah, the same, same thing. <laughs> You'd be a nice I'm not player. down there as much as you guys, all right? <laughs> He's a nervous wreck, man. I mean, Washington's, <laughs> Washington's a long way to come I from, guys. I don't get down there that much. <laughs> Look, hey, check it out, Chris. I don't know if you saw in the message. Speaking of getting down there, you know, it's a five-hour drive for me. George is going to talk about fly to Orlando and ride with them. Why am I going to fly to Orlando and ride with you when I can just drive five hours and meet you? Because my second thought was, if I if I do that, how do I get back to North Mississippi, George? We can take care of that. We got we <laughs> we got the ability to make that make sure that that happens. All you got to do is what you fly into Memphis. Yeah, there we go. We fly to Baton Rouge. Baton I just Rouge thought it was funny. To I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go all the way to Orlando when I can just make a quick drive down 55 and be there. I know yeah, that. You see, you're, you're missing the point, though, right? You're, you're, Tell him, Joe. You're missing the road trip point. <laughs> the road trip. It's the camaraderie. <laughs> the, you know, the stories we're going to tell on that ride. Well, I mean, especially when you start talking about the rides he's in, I mean, it definitely is enticing, no doubt. <laughs> uh, but, you know, coming to you, George, uh, I want to ask, you know, so many big series. We were just talking about how, like, the SEC is like double A ball. Um, let's start within the box, you know, at Alex Box. What series do you look forward to being at most at Alex Box this year? This year, probably uh, opening weekend with uh, Texas A&M, getting to see, you know, Nolan. 
I know that uh, I know he's going to have a warm welcome home. He's a you know LSU uh, Baton Rouge legend, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun seeing uh, seeing Nolan. Uh, not going to be fun seeing him, you know, with Texas A and M, but you know, it'll be good to see him, see how the fans react. Um, I just, man, I, I, every time, I, every time we get into Baton Rouge, it's it's, uh, it's a it's a it's a different story that we that we create that weekend, and it and it's it's a beautiful thing. It really is. All the parents, you know, really tight. All of us, uh, you know, they were so welcoming of us coming in last year, and 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 you know. Rodney mentioned how the you know the older guys on the on the baseball team take the younger guys under the wings. Well, same thing applies to you know the parents, uh, which you know Hot Rod and Jason Safford and you know uh, Heath Cranford, all those guys, and, you know Jimmy Malazzo, all those guys have, have have gone over you know everything that we need. They're always there for us, and you know it's it's just, it's just really cool. It's uh it's it's a special place. I mean, if you if you do not understand what the South is about, and I know you do. Mm-hmm. You know, Baton Rouge is 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 ten times that. Well, and you know it's funny. I'm a I'm an Ole Miss season ticket holder only because it's the it's the closest. Obviously, I'm not an Ole Miss fan. I've made that pretty clear on social media. No matter how many guys on the team, I know. But you know, it's funny that they keep saying that they have the the best uh, you know ball field, and you know. Last Sunday was a reminder as I stepped into Alex's box. <laughs> this Swayze doesn't hold nothing to the box, and it's like I I can't believe that they actually really believe that. And I understand it's their team, but it's like I walk in there and I'm like, no way you can actually believe that that your park is better than this park. And I said, and that was with nobody hardly in it because it was just a scrimmage. When that place is packed, I mean, it is it is everything. And it and it will be packed this year a lot. Yeah, and that Ole Miss series, you know, I, I brought up that game. I'm sure those guys remember that, and they're obviously probably looking forward to them to come down to Baton Rouge and uh, and looking to get a, you know, even though they did take the series as we talked about, they're still probably looking. They still probably got a little, you know, bad taste in their mouth from that. That was actually, you know, that was that was uh, kind of what turned it around for us. I think, you know, going in there and 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 getting the first two, and and you know, obviously. What happened on Sunday happened. You know, we uh, that was a tough game, but um, that that kind of turned everything around for us. So, Rodney, I think, that was, I think that was the first game that we had actually up to that point had that were trailing after seven or going into seventh inning that we that we uh, ended up winning. Yeah, no, I mean, I went to the whole series. Like, I mean, that was that was the thing when you look at the nine to one game, I mean, it looked like it was a clean sweep. It was a done deal. It was just, it was one of those things. Um, like, I mean, it didn't matter who was pitching. They were getting hit on and Ole, no. Miss just, Ole Miss just found their thing about them and they had their moment or whatever, but you know, I, I still, I know, I know how I am. I know that that would probably sit in the back of my mind. And so when they come to town, if I'm LSU, I'm wanting to hang it on. But uh, <clears throat> Rodney, you know, talking about Alex box, um, you know, for you, uh, we talk about longest tenure. And, you know, being a Louisiana guy, you know, what makes it the best stadium in the country? Oh, man, there's so many things about Alex Box. Um, well, you know, they say the magic of Alex Box, and it's so true. And I, I excade, and I talk to a lot of the players that, you know, obviously play there. And, like, tell me what it looks like when you're on the base and what's happening. And, and you know, it's the, the fans, the crowd understands the game of baseball. LSU has some really great fans. And listen, when they start getting pumped up and the box is rocking, the energy just carries over to the players. 
So that's why I said there's so many magical things that happen at Alex Box, right? Um, you know, the possum game against Arkansas years ago and the comebacks and the big home runs and the, the big base hits and those type of things, big plays on defense, you know, guys diving in the, in the gap to grab a ball. And it's really, I mean, great athletes, but also the fans help propel those athletes to, to step it up a notch, right? Yeah, no, we had uh, we had Josh Hatcher on from Mississippi State, Ronnie, and, you know, mm -hmm. he had done play there twice, and he said that it feels like when you're at Alex Box, he said it feels like the fans are right on top of you. It's so loud, yeah. and, and that speaks, I mean, because that's coming from somebody else. He said there's no right. place that's harder to play in, in his personal opinion, and he's played everywhere. Played everywhere, that's right. Um, yeah, and, the fan, and then on top of that, like I mentioned, there's, they understand the game. Now, listen, I've been in the stadium. This, before Kay was even recruited, I was always a fan of LSU baseball, living in Louisiana. Um, I've seen them lose series, and the LSU fans cheer on the other team because they've done the right things to win a game. So you, when you see good baseball plays, uh, plays happen, the fans are going to cheer those guys on, whether it's in the purple and gold or it's another color team that's out there, right? So uh, great fans. A uh, great atmosphere. I mean, I've been around to a lot of baseball games around the Southeastern Conference, you know, being this is Cade's fourth year. I think there's maybe only one or two stadiums that we have not played in, you know, especially due to COVID. I don't think there's a better atmosphere from the fans' perspective um, around the Southeastern Conference. Now, there's some nice facilities now. I'll tell you what, you go over to Starkville, that's a really nice facility. Then the Ole Miss, uh, they they doing some upgrades for a reason. Okay, the, the place I haven't been to, I heard South. For, these are this is coming from the players. They say South Carolina is a really nice facility. That's the one facility that I haven't been to is South Carolina. Yeah, that's so, what, that's what they say. But you know, you you know, you talked about Duty Noble. I mean, the thing about it is it's nice, but I think it's just it gets a, a reputation because it's it's larger. It holds more fans. But as far as just general, it's aesthetic. Yeah. It's no, it's not any different than the box. Yeah. Now the one thing I like about um, Starkville is the out the, the outfield because I like to cook, right? So <laughs> I mean, if, if we if we had a place where we could have a barbecue pit in Alex Box Stadium, I'd be manning it, and everybody else would be eating up some grubs. So <laughs> I actually thought it's funny you brought that up because I actually thought that when I was out there last time, I was thinking about how y'all did not have that, and I was wondering, being a guy like yourself that cooks, where you know, is it out in the parking lot? Where I mean, where are you set up at? We actually out in the parking lot, right beyond the right field fence, um, in between Nicholson and the baseball field. We uh, we have a parents area where we hang out in the bullpen parking lot. We have a we have some really good times. We have some traditions we follow. We we cook on Friday and Saturday before the game, a couple hours, and then you know we 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 have a variety of menus. We do anywhere from jambalaya and gumbo to Mexican night. We do all kinds of different foods. So. Uh, Barbecue night, crawfish boils. Hell, when Arkansas came to town, was it last year, George? We did a whole hog. Oh yeah, baby, we did the yeah. whole hog. Yeah, so uh, we 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 had a good time. Good time. So so let me ask you this, Robbie, because you know, obviously, I'm going to be down there. I'm going to be everywhere, but you know, uh, the guys give me uh, a lot of flack because of my. You know, you can look behind me. You see the Devin Fontenot ball and you see the, the Joe Burrow painting right behind it dead center. But then you look off to the side and you see the Mississippi state cowbell and Devin actually came on the show and told me that he felt it was okay with, you know, me being pulled both ways because the guy, the reason why I've been rooting for state along with LSU is because 
I live here and I've watched these guys pitch in high school. I've known them since they were in middle school and I have an actual personal relationship with them. And so then they go to state and like, I, I feel like I have to root for them. I know these kids, I know them personally, I know their families. And so people are like, you can't root for two teams within the SEC. But then, you know, Devin comes on here and says, personal relationships are more valuable than your actual allegiance to a fan base. And so he backed me up and because my, my guys thought that they were going to throw me under the bus. And then when Devin backed me up, I'm like, my guy. So like, you know, is it okay? Let me ask you, is it okay that I root for both these teams? Man, listen, Devin's from Texas. That's why he says that, man. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with Devin. He's my boy. Um, listen, there's a lot of great competition, but man, I bleed purple and gold and I don't really cheer. If you're on the other side of that fence, on the other side of the dugout, I'm not cheering for you. I'm sorry. I well, love a lot of those kids. Yeah. Kate played with, with kids and just, I'm sure Dylan's the same way. I mean, they played with a lot of other kids that's on the other team and I cheer those kids on, but when they play in against us, I'm sorry. Like, you know, Joe Menifee, they call him Moo from Texas A&M. I love this kid. Hang out with his dad. We had a lot of good times. But, like, when he's pitching against my son, I'm like, hey, go get him, Cade. Let's go, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this play is all over the conference that we know, and it's a great camaraderie in baseball. You know? Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, that they, for the other team. they put me in this situation, right? Like, Cameron James is like a little <laughs> brother to me, and they're like, Devin Fontenot's your favorite player. They're like, so Devin's going against Cameron. What do you want to happen? I said, I'm crawling in a hole. I don't want to even see it. Like, I don't I don't want to pick sides. But I, I believe I believe purple and gold, too. It sounds like I don't because of the Mississippi State thing. But it's hard just because I've known these kids for a long time. But, uh, you know, Chris, I want to ask you, you know, we've been talking about the games that are, that are in Baton Rouge. Let's talk about the away series, you know. You do go to Starkville. You do go to Fayetteville. You know, what – or is it one of those or is it another series? You know, which series are you looking forward to the most that LSU goes on the road? I mean, first and foremost, I think March 5th has got to be circled against Texas to see what that looks like. I mean, Texas's pitching staff this year is incredible. Um, I want to see what our offense looks like against that. Um, as far as series go, obviously Mississippi State um, – I think there's some unfinished business against Vanderbilt that we need to take care of from last year. Uh, Arkansas again, you know, they're, they're solid. Um, any, I mean, like actually looking through the schedule this year, I was just, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Like how we got matched up. And I mean, the only thing that's missing in my opinion is I'd love to go back to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I would love for these guys to go back to Tennessee and, uh, Hopefully we see them at some point. Well, you know, one of my co-hosts is a Tennessee fan, and and he wasn't welcomed to this episode because he has loved landed on every LSU athlete that's came on here. He had no he had no problem going at, at Dylan or Fontenot, so he's not welcome here because we don't need any of that that Tennessee stuff. He thinks that he has this belief that LSU is now scared of Tennessee, and I said, there's, one, one year doesn't doesn't change everything. There's no excuse my language. There's no fucking way these guys are scared of Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt and there's and I think, business with uh i mean personally like not getting too deep into it but what's allowed to happen in that dugout down there needs to be fixed and uh we got the we got the guys to fix it this year so hopefully can, we'll see them on the way to omaha or wherever it is but um, I, i'm i'm a firm i'm a firm believer that in in that uh super regional i asked Devin, and i think he lied straight to my face uh i asked him if he hit liam spence on purpose and he said no but 
I think I think Devin let some frustration out for LSU and decided, you know what, I'm just going to hit this cat because these dudes have been barking all game. And, you know, I'm not even asking your opinion on that, but that's just me speaking what I think because, you know, like you said, there was there was so much chatter going on, and I think uh, I think Devin was out there and said, you know what, I've had enough. Someone's fixing the pay. Yeah, I mean, it goes it goes way before that that super. Uh, you know, when they played the regular season, oh it, yeah, it, it got it got real chippy. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, Mississippi State, obviously, like, and see what Landon's going to be able to do for them as a starter. Um, that, hey, that, that's my guy. Hey, look, I'm, I am good friends with Landon. I, I am skittish. I'm hearing everybody in the world say that he's going to have no problem transitioning. But you, when you see a guy who comes in, you know, max four innings, but usually one to two innings, and you, you talk about him pitching six to seven, I need to see it. You know, they brought up an interesting stat, and I know we're talking about LSU right now, but since you brought his name up, he threw nine changeups in total last year, which is just the most amazing stat. He's going to have to throw that more often, and, and you know we know changeup is the is the ball that uh, the batter's eating. So he's going to have to figure out. He's not going to be able to just throw gas for six seven innings. So yeah. it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, I think the same thing goes to be said about cops in Arkansas too. You know he he you know he he called his fastball a show pitch last year. You know and and they definitely got more in their pocket. Like they Landon Sims last year didn't need to throw more. Like mm-hmm. he could dominate with that fastball. And obviously, you know, the coaches are going to believe in him to, you know, bring something more to the plate. The guy's confidence is incredible. Like watching him throughout that Omaha series. I mean, I was kind of in awe of watching. He looks like a grown ass man. Well, do you know where he said he got that from? Like, uh, you know, we talk about guys being dual sport athletes. He said that that fire and intensity and that confidence actually came from being a football player. He says he takes his whole football mentality to the mound. And so I can appreciate that because I was a guy who didn't play baseball but played football. So I like that. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's definitely a bulldog. So that's – I mean, that's the one I'm looking forward to. We got a, another kid from Longview, Washington, actually, that's on Mississippi State. He transferred over this year. So uh, Andrew Walling, he's a big lefty. Um, so it'll be fun to see him pitch for those guys too. He's a great kid. So Yeah, like, like I said, I'm connected with these families, and it's funny. So, so Greg James, he, he's cool as ice. Uh, I told him, I said, you know, you got me set up for for LSU and Starkville. And he said, yeah, he didn't have, he didn't have any, you know, you must do this or whatever. So I was talking to Josh Tiger today from Arkansas, his son Brady's pitcher. And I said, you got me set up for LSU when they come to Arkansas, right? He said, only if you wear Arkansas. I said, bro, are you serious? I said, you know, I'm never wearing Arkansas. He said, you better wear red. And I was like, guess I'm buying my own tickets. <laughs> it, ain't, it, ain't worth, it ain't worth it that much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know guys i'm gonna give you a chance as we get into it you know um you know we i've been kind of directing questions but i want to kind of get into a little round table let y'all have a little fun um you know just talk about the why this team will win the sec why this team is is going to be omaha bound you know you've obviously mentioned it in different ways you've talked about the coach you've talked about the lineup um different things but you know we'll start with you george you know uh you know just i mean why will this team end up winning the SEC, why will this team end up in Omaha? You look at, again, what the kid, what the players had to go through with, with Coach Maneri retiring last year. And basically, well, we lost the, the entire coaching staff from last year. So you bring in a new coaching staff, right? And Jay did a hell of a job assembling a great group of coaches. And that's exactly what these guys are. They are, I mean, these guys are getting these, the, these players ready for the next level. So now you've got, you pass that hurdle and then 
the cohesiveness of these guys pulling each other together and and backing everybody on this team. They got everybody's back. And when I said one to 35, I meant one to, you know, I mean, there's 43 kids, I think, on the roster right now. So when they get into the season, after going through the gauntlet that they've been going through in the fall and now the spring, I mean, they're going, they're going to bust loose. And Jay's going to have these guys ready mentally, physically, everything that you can do for, to be prepared for the long hauls of a, you know, 53-game schedule or whatever, how many games we're going to be playing this year. And then on into the postseason. I, I, I just – I do not see, based on what we saw last year with going through – you know, this is my first year going through, you know, going through something like this, right? Um, you know, with my son, we go to SEC. We, we, we were there for every weekend. We were either at the box or on the road, so it was it was it was cool to see. It was cool to experience, um, and that that was the foundation for this year's team. And these guys are these guys are hungry. They surprised a lot of folks last year by getting to the super regional because we weren't even yeah. expected to get into the national tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we talked we talked about that. Uh, I was actually with my host in Tampa, um, watching that uh, that regional against Oregon and. And I remember, uh, you know, reading everything that LSU had no chance. And we sat there and watched that together. And we were like, man, don't ever, don't ever underrate LSU and their ability and what they can do. And like you said, you know, um, they, they woke up after that Ole Miss series and, and they found a way. And, um, you know, Devin had talked about they had that opening loss in regionals. But then, the, and I don't know, it was actually Dylan who, who, who talked about it. That's who it was. But uh, – talked about how you know that was even a wake-up call you know you got punched in the mouth and it's always about how you respond when you get punched in the mouth and they responded extremely well um you know Rodney for you what do you want to add on to to why this team is is going to make it to to Omaha win the SEC well you know to to kind of build on what George was saying right this is going to be a special offense uh there's a lot of talent up and down the lineup guys on the bench that's going to be strong strong as can be um, so there's not going to be a lot of when you have subs come in and what have you, you're going to have some guys that can really stroke it. Um, the pitching staff is going to surprise a lot of people, right? I think there's some really good arms there. There's a there's a mix of new guys with some experience and guys with a lot of experience. You got guys in the back of the bullpen like Bittmeyer and and Mikhail Hilliard and um, Fontenot. That and this is their fifth year, right? So they've all played as freshmen. They've a lot of innings pitched. Um, they experience, they knowledge, but they know exactly what it takes to win in the SEC. Uh, and they teaching that those guys like a Garrett Edwards and a Will Helmers and uh, Ty Floyd and, you know, just the list goes on of the sophomores on this class that are just, there's some really good on. Blake Money, I mean, what the, watch, Blake Money excites me. I got goosebumps just now, again, just talking about Blake, with the, the transition he's made from last year to this year. Uh, he had a gut check as well. And, um, He's come back with a vengeance, so he's going to be good. I, ho I hope he has a really strong year, which I think he will. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, the coaching staff is really top-notch. I mean, these guys are really focused. It's a different atmosphere than what we had the last few years at LSU, and the kids are embracing the change, and they're embracing the, the information that the staff is providing. And it looks good so far. We'll see what happens when they put the lights on, right, because things can change when the lights go on on Friday night. But um, I have a good feeling about this group. I, I, there's no doubt that it's Omaha bust, and I, I think they're going to have a strong chance to get there. I mean, in the last, you know, two out of the last three years of the season uh, with COVID short, but we was in the Super Regional, you know, a couple things here and there, and we're in Omaha, right? 
So um, I think this year we get over the hump. Yeah, no doubt. I do got one more question for you before I move to Chris. Um, you know, because Hilliard's been brought up a lot, um, Devin was actually originally setting him up to be a, as a guest on the show um, when the mm-hmm. tragedy happened last year. Um, yeah. you know, obviously, we talk about how y'all are brotherhood, y'all are like family. Um, you know, how has he, you know, how has he responded? Obviously, you know, that, there's that, that's not something you can you can get over, not not ever in your lifetime. But, you know, the, yeah. the, kid, the kid still has to, to move on. He has to be able to, to perform, go to school, all that. Um, you know, just from your outside perspective, looking in, I mean, how's he, how's yeah. he doing? Well, I mean, you know, so talking about the tragedy that happened with Keith, his father, um, you know, Mikhail was close to his father. They did a lot together. Um, Mikhail, unfortunately, was not there that day that happened, right? In, you know, in the tubing situation, uh, he took it very hard. He has two other brothers and, you know, loving mother of Lisa. And uh, the family has come around to help help Mooch out. And so his brother's on the team, right? They're always there for him to help him through the thick and thin because, you know, when you lose a parent, there's going to be days, that, and it could be years from now that he has tough days that go on because uh, Keith was always there. He is a fun-loving guy. Uh, you know, we, we're going to miss him this year, I'll tell you. You know, tailgates, he was always, uh, you know, Kick back, Keith. I called him smooth because, man, he was the smoothest guy in the room. Laid back, always dressed, I mean, to the T. And uh, what a great guy. We, we lost a good dude right there, you know. But, um, and Mooch is the same way. He's a good person. He loves his brothers on the team. Uh, they hang out. They, they always there for each other. And, you know, with that camaraderie and, and having a brother like, you know, these guys on the team, he's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'm I'm glad to hear that he's doing okay. And I, I've seen the way, you know, obviously we talk about social media, but I know that that's just, you know, you, that's an outside perspective. I can only imagine how they've, uh, you know, basically came in open arms and and took care of them because, like we said, it's family. You know, when you're on that team yeah. together, you're your family, your brothers. And you know, to, to keep with that same topic, Chris, you know, um, let's talk about you guys as dads. You know, we we've kind of hit on it a little bit here and there. Well, let's just talk about that that fraternity, man, that, that brotherhood that you dads got going. Like, I mean, how awesome is it? You know, it's one thing for your son to get to play college baseball at LSU, but it's a whole other thing for you to get to be a part of, of these dads and enjoy this whole, you know, the whole ride together. You know, talk about it a little bit. Yeah, um, it's a little, I mean, I guess a little different for me because I'm, I'm so distant, uh, you know, 2,400 miles away. So I'm, I don't get the luxury of being down there every weekend, but what I can tell you is from day one, uh, I was embraced with hugs, handshakes, uh, you know, Mr. Rick Beck with a big slap on the back and always a handshake and uh, Jason Safford, like all these guys are always just like good, you know, it's always great to be back. Like I hadn't missed a day down there. Um, And it's, I mean, this is Alex's show, but like, you know, to be a dad for, of an LSU baseball player, man, it's pretty cool to talk about. And a mm-hmm. lot of people understand the, the, what that means. And, and so there's a lot of questions, like a lot of just friends in town are always kind of asking like, you know, what's it like, what's going on? Like, what's this like? And, you know, like I said earlier, to have the luxury of sitting next to Skip Burtman, like that was set up by Rick Dowdy. And, and, and like, it's so, so it's still surreal to me, you know, mm-hmm. to be in the, in the same room and listen to that man talk for three hours uninterrupted 
and uh, it's it's been an honor and and the, to know these two guys especially. Uh, you know, I, I talk with George about once a week, just through text message, or whatever it is, and you know, he's he's kind of known the the plan with Alex here the last couple of months, and and nothing but love and support out of him, and and it makes it easier, you know. And and I know I can count on these two guys too. Uh, when things do go sideways down south, that you know, hey, look out for my boy. When Alex's mom passed last October, uh, you know, George was one of the first people I got a hold of. And, um, you know, it, it, family is an understatement, you know, and, and it's such a different world up here compared to what it is down there. Um, and I'm just. It's, so, I mean, the question, when are you moving to Baton Rouge, man? Come on. Like, let's just, let's just relocate. Well, I mean, if you would ask me. <laughs> you know, six months ago, I would have said probably pretty soon, but you know, some things have changed and uh, you know, we'll, we'll be in some different colors probably next year. And I don't know where that's going to be at, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll always have a special place in my heart down there, especially because of these two, the guys that are on this call. And um, it's been, it's been pretty fantastic. You know, are you going to, are you going to be in Houston this year? Not now. Oh, Chris, man, you let Whoa. me down. Whoa. Listen, listen, listen. It was either Houston or, or, or Omaha. So, and I'm still got to pull some strings to get down to Starkville. I'd like to make it to that series. And I need you at all three, brother. Like, Hey, I, I looked forward to hanging with you three guys in Houston. You gotta, you gotta you know, throw some stuff around. Listen, like you send the G six or whatever, and I'll, I'll hop on and I'll get there. <laughs> George, what's up, man? Get we'll, see, up. we'll see if we can get Bregman to, Bregman to get you a flight. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, stick sticking with that, man. I want to keep going with that, uh, Rodney. You know, just just talk about this brotherhood. Talk about this family. Like, I mean, it doesn't get old to me to hear uh, y'all talk about what it means to to be able to share the bonds of uh, watching, you know, your boys play. Oh well, man, it's it's a fraternity, right? I mean, once so you know, Chris's thing: once a tiger, always a tiger, right? And and if your son, you know, gets the opportunity to wear the purple and gold. Uh, you as a father also in a fraternity, man, because I, you know, when I when we got there, as, you know, Kay was a freshman and, you know, the freshman class comes in and, you know, you kind of wide out and bushy tailed and you meet all of the parents because there is these, these little meetings that you get to and you talk to and everybody's on a group message and stuff like that and you get to know some people. Uh, it's really great, right? And then every year, you know, there's new parents that leave, there's parents that leave and new ones that come in and, and these guys come into Baton Rouge, man, and it's, crazy right I, you know we got a joke me and george talking about text me and george probably text every day about maybe i don't know how many <laughs> times george um tuesday is always a special day tuesday is a very you know, special day and then we we call george george is my motherfucker i mean he's my <laughs> motherfucker that's what it is i mean you know um there's a few guys that we can say that about each other and george is one of those guys man if you need something george is there and vice versa i mean Hey, look, George is bringing up his RV to Baton Rouge. And I said, George, I'm going to fly down to Orlando. We're going to drive together. And we're going to have a party along the way. So that's what we're doing, right? That's, so that's what, what we're that's doing. What you are invi- that's what y'all invite me to. So I need to find a way. We can't tell you all the details about it, right? Jim, I mean, come on. So no, no. I, I don't say, want you to come take wife, a ride. My wife might no, listen cause... to the episode and shut it down. So we got to keep the details closed. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we just let you know that we're leaving on the 16th and we'll be Baton Rouge maybe before game time. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on the 18th, right, George? 18th. 630? 
So let me, let me ask you, Rodney, are you, are you the, the popular dad because you, you make all the flavors, you got the good food? I mean, that's got that's got to make you at the top of the food chain. Listen, we're all liked around here. We have a lot of guys that cook. We got a lot of guys that bring booze. We have a lot of guys that bring the fun. I mean, we're all just a bunch of good guys hanging out with our you know friends and so forth. And uh, we make the party happen, right, George? absolutely and listen it doesn't make a difference where we go we go and take over towns even with baseball i mean we go to kentucky you know we go to <laughs> arkansas we go everywhere we take over towns you know what's it what's a few that's, bars that's kentucky, one of the few places i've been with. to what's kentucky like bourbon's nice we, bourbon's capital of the world right so <laughs> when in rome do as the romans do right and we did and we did. Yeah, and, and I will say they did what uh, they do in Eugene, Oregon, too. I can vouch for what happened in Eugene last last and summer. Same thing. We went to Eugene. We went to Eugene and took over, man. So you know that's what it was. That's awesome. Went out there and played some good baseball and took over the bars. You know, so you know, I I, I, I told you guys through message. Unfortunately, my son doesn't seem like he's going to be headed for college baseball, but my daughter seems like she's going to uh, be headed for college soccer. I can just only hope. So far, I'm going to be honest. I hope none of the parents listening is going to get me in trouble. Uh, soccer parents are, aren't that fun. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. But I hope somewhere along the line, especially if it ends up LSU like she wants to, I can I could be a part of a fraternity of dads that have a good time. Obviously, it's a completely different sport, not as popular, but – find a way to have what you guys got going on because uh it just sounds like a blast you know and, I, and i'll finish with you george on, on this on this topic i mean you're the guy coming from florida over to louisiana obviously rodney's just talked about how um everyone gets welcomed in he's talked about y'all's relationship man uh, just what's it mean to you just to be a part of this fraternity of dads i can't explain it i you know it's just to be you know when you go somewhere or whatever and in, in baton rouge and and Everywhere you go, every single place you go to, every restaurant, whatever it is, doesn't matter. They know about LSU baseball. And, you know, it's, I got to be careful about, you know, certain things, whatever, when we're out, you know, if I, you know, there was put a credit card down to pay for a meal. Oh, George Cruz, you're related to Dylan Cruz. Yeah, that's my son. And then, you know, then, then you go on for that. Well, can you get him to sign a baseball for me and do this and do that? You know, it's, it, it's it's uh it's pretty cool and that that happens you know, like i said it just about everywhere you go in baton rouge if uh you know if 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 they know that your son plays for lsu baseball you they're gonna ask you for they're gonna ask you for something you know what what makes you, you know what makes me laugh with the sign of baseball thing you know i'm at the game sunday and i'm watching all these kids and they're and they're yelling at dylan and they're yelling at trey and they're yelling at kate and 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 alex and everybody that's over there trying to get their attention get them to sign a ball and I was like, finally, I like, I, I had enough of it. I had to, and I'm glad they're excited. I was like, hey guys, if you just wait till after the game, they'll all come over here and sign your ball. You don't have to yell at them the whole time. And you know what? They did not listen to me at all because as soon as the next time Trey Morgan came running by there, they were, hey, Trey, hey, Trey, hey, Trey. I was like, oh, guys, come on, man. You're killing me. I'm trying to sit here and watch baseball. Y'all keep yelling at the players. But it's funny because you know those – those guys are more than willing to come sign those kids' balls Absolutely. any day of the week. But let oh, them yeah. play Let them play their game first, and then they'll come see you. Actually, this weekend is what – what do we got going on this weekend, Hot Rod? You got fan appreciation weekend for the scrimmages. So, they got yeah. – uh, You got the uh, posters being signed. They got free posters for all of the, you know, all of the fans. And 
Um, Friday night is an experience just like opening games, right? So on Friday nights, they're going to go through all of the um, the way you, they would do it in the game, introduction of the players and then the, the big screens, all of the, uh, the hype videos and so forth. So that's going to be cool. Uh, so you're going to have game day experience before the season starts. Uh, Saturday is just a scrimmage, and then Sunday is the fan appreciation day. So, you know, you get to go up front and close to it, the players. And, and let me tell you something. Every one of those players from, you know, guys like Dylan, the Cade, and everyone, they, they enjoy signing autographs and interacting with the fans because, you know, I know one thing I tell Cade, I know George is the same, is that, hey, you as a nine-year-old boy hanging on the fence trying to get an autograph. And don't walk past a kid trying to get an autograph. And mm-hmm. that's never been an issue with any of those and, boys. And they they and look forward you, to it. I'm glad you brought that up, Rodney. I'm not going to say the player's name, especially because um, somebody's going to listen to this episode from Mississippi State. But I had a guy slated to come on this show big time from Mississippi State last year. That obviously I ought to tell you all it's in a group of maybe five guys. And my son was sitting there with a whole bunch of other kids after the game, out back behind the stadium where you usually wait to get autographs. And I watched him as he looked out, checked around, and then slipped behind everybody and got by so he didn't have to give any autographs. And from right then, I, Houston Harding took his, his took his episode anyway. So, like I said, I won't That's name the guy, fair. but but I said, you know what, man, I don't want a guy like that on here. That's not my type of people. Yeah. And yeah, so, that's not cool. Um, you know, what? even the coaching staff talks about that is that the fan interaction, because the community involvement is what makes LSU so great. You know, whether it's football, baseball, but especially baseball, man. The, you know, they do a lot in the community at, at hospitals and, you know, fan events. And, you know, they go out in the community and do things. So that's why they get the community support. And listen, when you have a camp that has two and 300 little kids out there and all these guys are working the camps, you know, they get that interaction. They look up to those guys, you know. So that's why the tradition is so great at LSU and what makes it a special place. Yeah, and I, and I think you said it best, you know. You said, Cade, you were a nine-year-old boy once. Every every one of those guys was that kid once, and, you know, you just got to remember that you were. And, and and I love seeing it. Like I told you, most of these guys we've had on here, um, we, we aim for certain athletes for a reason. Um, they're humble, and, the, and they like, you know, no matter whether it's LSU or another cause, they like to get back. But all the LSU guys have been absolutely oh. phenomenal. Man, it's crazy. Look, let me say this. I mean, when Cade was, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, we lived in Birmingham, Alabama at the time after Hurricane Katrina. And LSU made a run in the SEC tournament for like four years in a row. They won the tournament, right? Um, and I have pictures when he was nine with guys like Ryan Shimp and, and Mikey Matuk and Matty Yod, you know, the year they won a national championship in 09. And all of these guys, you know, Micah Gibbs, I mean, he's looking up now. He's actually getting a hit with these guys. He gets to talk with them, interact with them because they come back. And, you know, it's great that they have that something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, now this uh, uh, this one uh, this one frame of, I don't know, it's like 21 pictures is back behind me to my left. It is it's of my son with every single different baseball player he met and took a picture with from a, probably about five or six different teams. And it meant the world to him. You know, my, my son is not one, you know, he, he claims allegiance. He's kind of like me, tells you Mississippi State, but we're not going to get into all that again. But the point is, you know, it doesn't matter the team. When, when, a, when a ball player comes up to him and is willing to, to sign a ball or take a picture with him, it means the world to him because he's watching them on the field. That's the one thing I could tell you guys. I told you, you know, he hasn't been big into playing it, but you know what? He's big into watching it. And 
hey, I don't take that for granted. He comes with me to every park. He watches the game. He gets into it. He wants to talk to the players. He wants to meet the players. And so I love it. You know, uh, I'll take that over. You know, I could have a kid that just wants to sit there and play video games and not care at all. So, you know, not not the worst thing in the world. But I'm going to end this show with, you know, we normally play the game this or that with the guests. And we're not going to play the whole game. But I, I got two questions that I just think are perfect for you three guys that have been questions that we ask our guests and uh, I'll start with you, Chris. All right. I need to know from your perspective, is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Is a hamburger a sandwich? Absolutely. Explain to me why a hamburger is a sandwich. I got – I can't, and I'm not going to. You're not going to. All right. Get it but, before, before I explain <laughs> what, what we think or what we've heard at least, I'll ask the other two. All right. George, is a hot dog a sandwich? Hot dog is not a sandwich. Is a hamburger? Hot dog a sandwich? goes on a bun. Is not. It is not. It went between. If you do a, you could do a hot dog sandwich. Put it between two pieces of bread. You know, we, if it we goes had, on a bun, it's not. A, it's not a sandwich. We had we had Brooks Lee on here Monday. You know, top rated shortstop in the country, and he said a hot dog was a sandwich because he's so broke that his buns are always falling apart already. So it's two pieces <laughs> of bread. So that was that was pretty funny. So is a hamburger a sandwich? Hamburger is a sandwich. All right, Rodney, my guy, is a hot dog a sandwich? I, I, I'm just right with George. A hot dog is not a sandwich, and and then a hamburger, but a hamburger is. is. Hamburger is, yep. Yeah. Goes between yeah. two buns. Guys, two pieces of bread. I, I, two we had, we buns. had. I thought Austin. <laughs> I thought Austin Riley came over here and said this. You, you can't say it is because it's still. It may be between buns, but so is a hot dog. He said, if you're going to say a hot dog is, you got to say a hamburger is. He thinks that neither are because they need to be between sandwich bread to be considered a sandwich. And so I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go with the guy who just won the World Series. I'm sticking with him. Neither uh, of them. Neither of them are a sandwich. He's not an experience as we are as eaters. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. All right. So here's the other one. This is the most interesting one. And Chris, I really can't wait to hear your answer. I'll be honest. All right. Would you rather do five years in jail or 10 years in a coma? <laughs> uh, I mean, give me the jail, man. Like I can get a lot done in jail for five years. Hey, I, I believe a guy like you. We have some of these. We have some of these guys that come on here, man. Skinny little guys don't don't look like they could probably win a fight, and they say they want jail. And we're like, mm, I don't know if you want that life. And we had the MMA fighter come on here who had been to jail. Um, he was in the UFC. He said, "Give me the coma." So it, it threw some interesting perspective. Uh, Rodney, what you taking? You taking the coma? Or are you taking jail? Listen, man, I, I don't do well in confined spaces. And, that, you know, I'm, I'll do the coma for 10 years instead of five years in jail, man. The 10 I, I can't nap. do it, so. Yeah, absolutely. Let me catch up on some rest, man. <laughs> George, what are we taking? There is no way in hell I'm going to jail. No <laughs> way, baby. No way. Uh-uh. Why did oh I not know that Chris was the only one going to take jail? Me and Chris well, look, well, look at him. Is somebody going to mess with that big boy? Look at him. No, sir. No, sir. All right. Well, before I let you guys off here, you know, we usually give the guys a chance to promote stuff. You all got things, you know, um, obviously I'm hoping that everyone around y'all's area around Baton Rouge uh, is, is going to listen and tune in. So, you know, start with you. Well, and of course, Chris, I've been watching, you know, uh, anything you want to plug or promote, um, you know, uh, for, for people to follow, pay attention to? Uh, I don't got anything to promote, but like, uh, 
you know, just kind of talking about these two kids, uh, Cade and, and Dylan, and it, it does go for the rest of this whole team. But, uh, you know, last year, Dylan made a play in one of our non-conference games. It was, what, the top of the ninth, George? The one oh, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. out. We're up, we're up by six runs. And there's a foul ball hit down the right field line, and Dylan comes flying down the line, slides across the bullpen mound, makes a catch. And it was a great catch, and, you know, it was just kind of whatever. And, you know, but you think about what just happened and who that kid is and what he's doing out there. And I think even probably the coaches in that in that dugout probably would have said, hey, man, <laughs> you know, ease up a little bit. You know, you don't, don't go too crazy on that stuff. But it kind of shows the character of what that Dylan Cruz kid is about. Um, it's the stuff you don't see, I guess, or a lot of people don't see. And, you know, numerous games where – Dylan and or Cade, you know, would have a one for four, oh for three night, whatever. And Cade Veloso, by by the way, last year, it uh, looked like there were 17 guys out on the field when that kid was hitting. I mean, like he could not find a hole, but he was pissing on baseballs all season mm-hmm. long. Uh, all season and, long. And, yeah. you know, I would message him. I'm like, just keep swinging, dude. Just keep swinging. But the go with that is like, you know, I fell into this trap of the social media stuff and and seeing what was said about these guys and, and they don't care. They're not trying hard enough. They're this, they're that because of these one for four games or whatever the case may be. And uh, man, they're, they're, they're trying, you know, the, to see a Dylan Cruz stay till midnight hitting baseballs after a, a three and a half hour game. Uh, it speaks volumes about his character. Nobody ever, ever will see that. You know, yeah, so and and I'm and you know, we've actually talked about that on an episode. You know, Chris, you bring that up. Um, Cameron James, you know, I I brought him up because I'm close to the family. He took a lot of heat, he started in a real bad slump last year. And the exact same story you basically just told, he had the manager setting up at 10, 11 o'clock at night working on stuff. He was hit, he was hitting off speed outside, you know, um, trying to figure out what he was doing wrong. And meanwhile, like you said, there's jerks on Twitter who ain't never played baseball in their life attacking these guys, talking about their trash, they don't belong on this team, they don't belong in the SEC or whatever. And, you know, the the problem is you tell these young guys to block out the noise, but, you know, it's it's hard to do. Whether Even if they're not on it, they're going to hear it from somebody. They're going to know that people are saying stuff. And so it's hard to do. They don't understand the work these guys put in. And, you know, that's why I don't listen to any of these guys that have anything to say, because like I said, more times than not, they didn't even play the game. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I mean, whoever hears it, hears it, uh, you know, but never, I guess, and it's not just, I know it's not just this LSU team, you know, all these, all these guys in the SEC are, are, are putting the work in, but you know, I guess, you know, just, a little more empathy, I guess, towards what's going on. And like, if you think you know what's going on, um, the stuff that Dylan Cruz does outside of baseball um, that rarely gets seen that we, we get privy to as a, as a parent to see what he's doing with the, the younger fans and Cade's, Cade's the same way. Um, you know, I wish, I wish it was a little more louder, that type of, side of things so people can see it, but uh, that's it, man. Just like, it's changed the way I view stuff. Um, you know, when Alex got put into that Vandy game, he hadn't thrown a pitch yet. And the first comment on Twitter I saw after uh, Wilson Alexander tweeted that he was coming in for Jaden is, "Why are we putting this piece of shit in?" He hadn't thrown a he hadn't thrown a pitch yet, but he's and already like, a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, all right, I got to turn this noise off for good. 
like no more Twitter for me if, until the end of the season because I can't take it like it. So uh, hopefully, you know, some people get it and and they're trying. You mm-hmm. know, and what whatever happens, like this team's a juggernaut. Um, you know, we should be in a good place here in, in, in May. But, you know, if a kid goes over four, it's not the end of the world. And, and believe us, he's trying, you know. so Well, and I, I believe, you know, to tie it to LSU ties, even though it's football, you know, uh, I got to, you know, I, I, I showed you guys, I got to be a part of uh, Super Bowl media day. And I thought that was the best message that came out of any question that was asked. Joe Burrow told the kids, stay off social media and block out the noise. And I, I think that's the best thing you can do because, man, don't listen to anything anybody's got to say. Don't listen to the negativity. Stay positive. Stay focused. Do your job. And, uh, you know, we, we know how hard these guys work. So I, I agree with you. Like, I, I have to try to stay on there because it makes me want to fight people. And the problem is they're on a keyboard somewhere and I'm never going to see them. So I can get as mad as I want to. I'm not going to get a hold of them. No different than you. I'm sure you're like me. But, you know, the, the funny thing is these same guys that have stuff to say are probably pretty much the same ones that are or pushing the kids out of the way for an autograph after, after the game's <laughs> over. So, I mean, it, you know, yeah, you, you don't win any battles fighting with these guys online. And, but just something I, I learned this season, seeing these guys work and, and what they do after the game, like, Hey, where are these guys at? Oh, they stayed out for the hit. I'm like, Jesus, man, they've been at the park for seven hours already. Like, mm-hmm. but they, they're working, they're constantly working. So it's like, you know, even watching these pros now, I got a little bit of a different perspective on, God, that guy sucks today. No, it's, he's just having, you know, it just wasn't there today. So, right. Absolutely. All right, Rodney, man, anything you want to plug or promote, man? Talk about high rise if you want to. Oh, man, I'm not really, look, we, we have a lot of fun doing hot rod stuff and we like to share our, our love for Creole food and stuff. But really, the plug is about the kids, man, about the guys who are out there wearing, you know, they don't in the purple and gold every day. They putting in the work and the effort. And I'm excited about this year, you know. Kate will be, well, Kate's going to graduate in May, you know, with the COVID, he has another year if he wants, if he wants to come back. But you know what? I'm so excited about the team and, and the season to start. And it's not just about watching some baseball, but it's about the camaraderie with the other parents and the fans in the stadium. Um, even around the SEC, man, we get to meet some great people. Uh, you know, you build relationships with fans over the years from other teams. And I'm excited about that. So I'm going to plug the season, man. 2022 is going to be a great year. I'm excited about LSU baseball and what it's going to bring. Uh, you know, like Chris said, it's going to be a juggernaut. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. And um, I, I pray and hope for these kids that they continue to do what they've been doing, working hard, and they, they reach the goals that they want to reach at the end of the year. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, I just thought about something, Ronnie. You know, I'm going to test K to see if he listens to this episode. I think we're at like 116 guests now. He's got something that no one else has done. We actually had to edit out on his episode. He had a cat. <laughs> he had a cat come across oh, his yeah, desk kid. and yep. and and knock over stuff on his desk while he was in the middle of interviewing. And we had to take Man. a pause break. And I said, I said, whose cat is that? He's like, mine. I was like, I was like, I, I'm gonna be honest with you, Kay. We ain't never had somebody's cat jump on the the table and interrupt the episode. Dude, that cat is crazy. You hear me? It's a fun. I mean, I love the cat. It comes over by the house from time to time, and it's a badass cat, man. It, it terrorizes the little dog we have, but it's it's a trip, man. He he rules their house for sure. It's all about Kit. <laughs> man, look, I expect I expect a guy like Kay to own a tiger, not a little house cat. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That cat's pretty rough, man. I tell you. <laughs> All right, George, throw some punches. <laughs> George, your turn. Anything you uh, – I mean, it seems well, like you guys aren't going to plug anything yourself. So I'm ahead. going to. 
I'm going to, and I'm glad that you saved me for last because this is something that is kind of near and dear with, with Dylan and, and our family. Um, Dylan got involved with the, with the family of an autistic child last year. So we've been working behind the scenes with the LSU brass. We just got approval. Um, April 2nd, 4-2 is known as Autism Awareness Day. 4-2, we happen to be playing Auburn. And on that day, they're going to do a special needs autistic. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do it. We haven't done any, you know, come up with any of the, the logistics yet of how we're going to do this. But that day is going to, we're going to recognize, uh, you know, special needs and, and autism in Baton Rouge on that day. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I've seen some of the photos of, of him and uh, uh, and some kids, so I know exactly what you're talking about. That's uh, that's absolutely amazing that uh, not only that he's going to do that, but you love when the team gets involved and, uh, and allows something like that and to, to promote a whole day, so I'm glad you promoted that. But uh, I really want to thank you guys. It was something different, getting perspective from y'all, um, not just getting a player's story, but talk about what the life of a dad of a, of a player is like and you know, I told you guys, I'm riding with you. I'm rolling with you. I can't wait to, to meet up with you guys. Uh, wish nothing but the best for, for, for LSU this season, for you guys and, and everything that goes on and your kids. And I uh, just want to once again, thank you guys for coming on the show. Hey, our pleasure, man. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yes, indeed. Let's go. Hey, thanks for having us on, Jim. We appreciate it, man. We, uh, it doesn't, you, you know, normally the kids are in the spotlight, but it's nice to have the dads come out and talk a little well, bit. Well, you got to, you got to give the credit to Chris. This was his idea. Chris said, next we got to work. Next on? we got to work on the dad NIL deals. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That'd be nice. Oh, uh, well, shout out to you, Chris, for this idea. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, man. Thanks for putting it together, man. Yeah, no problem. Well, it's been another amazing episode. I'd like to once again thank our guests, Chris Smith, Rodney Beloso, and George Cruz for joining us. If you like hearing their stories or you just like hearing average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and other various streaming outlets. We'll be back Monday night with Derek the Doc Diamond from Ole Miss Baseball. So remember, in the meantime, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.